today is the first of our Soaking Sundays. And if you don't know what that means, I'm going to explain that in a little while. But I want us to take the atmosphere of that song. We're going to sing this song again a little bit later. My message is going to be very short this morning. And it's not about information, it's about impartation. That we are actually going to practice experiencing something rather than just learning something. So as you take your seats, remember, just keep that atmosphere in mind. I'm going to keep the band up behind me. And uh, we're going to take our first step into the sea of the Holy Spirit this morning. Sometimes worship takes on funny forms. <laughs> I have to get somebody else to do it for me. Who remembers that late last year I did a series on the Holy Spirit and uh, having done that, we got a lot of information out of it. Who remembers that? Yeah. You're all lying. The great, you know what the great thing I, I, I love about the, the, the technological age, I guess, is that I, I can ask you whether you, re, you remembered stuff and you can do the usual thing and lie about the fact that you remember what I preached. But I can now tell you to go and listen to the podcast because it's still there and you can actually go and replay every word I said. Now, there's some disadvantages to that from my perspective, but um, it does mean that you can actually relearn stuff, which is, which is really great. And so what I want to talk about today follows on a bit from that. But in that series, I think we learned a lot of stuff. And I want us to go in the month of January beyond the idea of learning into experiencing. I mean, we learned, for instance, that throughout the Bible, the Spirit is referred to as wind or breath. But as we get into the New Testament, more and more we discover that the Holy Spirit is referred to as a liquid. A liquid that can be poured out. A liquid that can even be drunk. So how do we drink of the Spirit? One of the obvious ways we do it is in worship. But there are lots of other ways. One of the least obvious, I guess, and it talks about this a lot in the Bible, is laughter. Joyful laughter is good for you, even giggling in church. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. And Psalm 126 verse 1 talks about the fact that when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. But we don't often associate laughter with church, except when the preacher stuffs up. But it is so freeing. I, I mentioned my grandchildren earlier. And I know it's shameful to use them as tools for preaching, but James is three and a half. And you know how kids think they're funny? And they tell you jokes, and usually they're all about we and poo. Um, not quite sure why they're hilarious to these young people, perhaps because they do so much of it. Um, but James has reached that stage where he actually starts to understand humor. And he told me this, he told me this joke. He said, Grandpa, he says, what do you call a donkey with three legs? And I said, I don't know. He said, a wonky. <laughs> and it caught me by surprise because it was actually a real joke. And it was actually really funny. 
And I burst out laughing. And the thing was, the joy in his eyes, because he recognized that I wasn't just humoring him, that it actually tickled something inside, inside of me and I'd released this laughter because it was, was incredibly funny. I mean, it's a weak joke if you think about it. But coming from a three and a half year old, it was actually hilarious. And that's the sort of joy, that's the sort of un, unrehearsed unleashing of laughter that is actually good for us. And I know 2020 hasn't exactly been a year full of laughter for a lot of people. And let me tell you, you know, worship sort of bring, is drinking of the Holy Spirit, but worshiping in front of a, a screen is a pretty dry drink. And so, you know, experiencing the presence of God throughout 2020 has been really hard to do. Uh, throughout the whole year, as Christians, I think we've all been focused on being the best we can be, having faith in God's plan, being a light to the world and doing our best to live the Christian life. But sometimes I think we expect to be living in the book of Romans, but we haven't actually been to the book of Acts. Because who knows your New Testament chronology? It goes Gospels, Acts, and then the Epistles, who weren't the wife of the Apostles. The Epistles are all about how to live your life. But sometimes we can get to that part without having first met Jesus, without having been empowered by the Holy Spirit and commissioned before you try to live the Christian life. How are you going to do Roman stuff like dying to self, living in victory, all things working together for good, being an overcomer without actually having the wind underneath your wings? You're like a boat without the wind in its sails or a car without a motor. Because our Christian life can be like a shiny new car. We have this Christian, we buy a Christian, we buy a red car because everybody can see it. So everybody knows we're a Christian. We've got this red car. It's got the latest gadgets so we can be relevant. You know the ones, adaptive cruise control, automatic headlights, a hatch that closes. You know, when you, when you pull down that, you wave your foot under it and the hatch comes down. And CarPlay, Ooh, the latest in technology. Excuse me. But do you know what the sad thing is? I see so many Christians pushing their cars around. Up hills, round corners. They're there at the back just pushing it around. Why? Because their car has no motor. But I don't know whether you've considered this. There is a motor that drives our Christian life. <coughs> and it's called the power of the Holy Spirit. He is a person and he's got all the power you need to live the Christian life rather than pushing it on your own. How are you going to take on the book of Corinthians? How are you going to move in the gifts of the Spirit if you haven't been filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts? You can't live in Corinthians unless you've been through Acts. We can't live in Ephesians. How are we going to fight the devil and then have husbands love your wives and wives get along with your husbands? How are you going to do that without the Holy Spirit? Some of you are looking at me like, you don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. You do so. I know everybody here in their relationships has had times where it wouldn't have worked unless they had the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so how, we can't do that on our own. How are we going to live in the centrality of Christ mentioned in Colossians? And let me tell you, we have no hope of producing the fruit of the Spirit we see in Galatians. Why? Because we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Who remembers them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the one we all love to hate, self-control. It says there's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Who do we need in our lives? The Spirit. How are we going to live in the intoxicating joy of Philippians? That joy that this world at the moment almost considers a form of insanity. Because after all, we've been filled up with the power of God. And when we do that, we definitely find that God has no problem whatsoever with intoxication. It's just the kind of intoxication. He says, be drunk with the Spirit, not with wine. How are we going to live in Thessalonians with a positive mindset about the future? Unless we've been through the book of Acts. We've got to start saying, I am going to get thirsty. Because the Holy Spirit is poured out on those who are thirsty. Isaiah 44.3 says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your children. And so he's saying the best thing here for us and for our children is to be filled with the spirit, for us to be thirsty for God. And for those of us who are parents and possibly grandparents, I think that's, that's great knowledge. We, we look at parenting books and we worry about the, the gaps and the holes in our parenting skills. And God is the God of the gaps. He says, don't fill that in with knowledge. Fill it in with the Spirit of God. The best thing you can do for your children is to be constantly filled with God's Spirit. If we're thirsty for God, we're drawing near to Him. If we're not drawing near to Him, we're drifting away from Him. Who knows, we can't live in neutral. We can't just sit on the fence because the current of life causes us to drift away from God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. We don't even realize we're drifting because the, the current is just flowing. It's pushing our car with no engine and we start to find prayer boring. That's a bit too inconvenient in these COVID days to, to read the Bible. We think church online is a bit crap, so we don't always watch. And we drift away, and before we knowing it, we're doing things the old ways that we left behind years ago. The only way to keep our faith alive and active is to keep pursuing and drawing near to the Spirit of God. And guess what? As you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. And then and only then can we be the people of God he has called us to be. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Which says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favour has come. And you say, hang on, hang on. Jesus is talking about himself. It's not, it, we're not, we're not Jesus. Well, hang on, Jesus left and he left us with a commission to go out into all the earth. And it also said that those who believe will do greater things that Jesus did. We're not, we're not called to look at this scripture in awe and think, wow, only Jesus could do those things. We're meant to look at it and say, well, this is the starting point. 
Because Jesus said we were going to do more than he did. But we've first got to meet Jesus and then be empowered by his spirit. So how about we start that step right now? Can I ask you all to stand with me? Even if you're online, if you're in a position to stand, let's stand together. So before we go any further, before we take time to soak in the presence of the Holy Spirit, before we presume to act on Jesus' behalf, let's, as followers of Jesus, take a moment to confirm Jesus as our personal Lord and Saviour. Now, if you've never done that before, this might be your time to affirm that today for the very first time. If you're affirming it for the first time today and you're watching online, can I encourage you to press the raise hand button in the chat? And a member of our team will guide you through the next steps. If you're here in person this morning, and this is your first time to say a prayer like this, can I ask you to come and see me after the service? And I'd love to talk you through the next steps but wherever you are this morning can I ask you just to pray this prayer after me and I know this can get awkward I've tried to break it down into bite-sized chunks so that you know when to follow me Um, so let's see how we go repeat after me please Lord Jesus I commit my life to you from this day forward I reject the lies of the devil I accept that I am a child of God and that you have a divine purpose for me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, that has prepared us for the next step to receive God's Holy Spirit, whether it be for the first time or whether it be an infilling that you've let get dry that you perhaps need the, uh, the conduit reopened between heaven and earth. And so we're going we're to continue with that song, Come Holy Spirit. And I want you to start to find or rediscover that connection with God. Now you can stand if you wish, or you can, you can sit in your seat, you can sit cross-legged on the floor, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you want to do at home, whether you've got a, 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 an easy chair, a lounge, uh, whether you're watching in bed, perhaps prop the pillows up a bit. Um, hopefully by this stage you have got out. Um, but whatever it is, I, I want you to be in a place where you can stand comfortably for the next however long, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And not let things distract you, but to actually start to let God work in your life. This isn't about learning something. This isn't about thinking... I wonder what God's going to teach me today. This is about, Lord, I want to feel your presence. I want you to start moving in my life. I want to be able to sense your presence in my life. Speak to me. Fill me. It might be a question of forgive me. Teach me. Cleanse me. Direct me. Any or all of those things are what God wants to do. But we need to open our hearts, open our minds, and open our spirits to let him in. So find a comfy position. I'm going to exit the stage right now, and the musicians are going to take us into a time of worship and connecting with God.